WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. Good morning, Indianapolis, and thank you for tuning in to Open Lines here on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. I'm Ebony Chappelle. And I'm Cameron Riddle. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. Thank you for joining us again for this fantastic mm-hmm. show. We're getting some great reviews on it, Ebony. We are. The people are listening, so we appreciate each and every one of you that is supporting the show, that calls in every Sunday to let your voice be heard. You know, that's what it's all about. That's why it's called Open Lines. And we'll have plenty of chances for that today because we are talking about a lot. We will start this morning with all things IPS. As you know, we had a lot to talk about with that last week. We did. We had some bus drivers on to talk about the massive call-offs, and there's lots to discuss. And there will be more with that this morning. We'll also ask the district about uh, how they plan to handle coronavirus Mm -hmm. and a few other things. And then we'll also have uh, Shauna Majors on from the city of Indianapolis. Absolutely. So, Shauna is the director of um, community violence reduction so we will have her on to talk about what her organization is doing to combat the gun violence here in the city of Indianapolis so lots to talk about lots to talk about shout out to Radio 1 yesterday for putting on the Radio 1 career fair a beautiful event I was there when one young lady was hired on the spot for her first job wow that's a blessing that is a blessing that's our community service and speaking of community service we've been working hard this week to uh, help the families of St. Jude and we are still accepting your donations. We need you to call this morning and help those families by dialing 1-800-411-9898 1-800-411-9898 Ebony, that's one of the places you were at this week here in the studio. That was one of them, yes. So we had our Radiothon earlier this week where people were calling in to become partners in hope and help the families like Cam mentioned. Um, I also stopped by the UNCF Bowl-a-thon yesterday out at Woodland Bowl. So shout out to UNCF, the United Negro College Fund, um, for putting on that event and everybody that came out to support and raise money for students that are looking to um, raise their education. And I also want to give a shout out to the Indiana Neighborhood uh, Resource uh, Center for their Neighbor Power Conference that happened yesterday. You know, our community becomes stronger when neighborhoods are strong and they stand up for what it is that they want to see happen in the future. So big shout out to everybody that was a part of that. All right, Eb, so much going on this week for both you and me, and there's also a lot happening in the news. Let's get you caught up on what happened overnight. Indiana has its first confirmed case of coronavirus. We learned that on Friday. And now this morning, Indiana University is reporting that a Kelly School of Business student has tested positive for coronavirus. That student is overseas and has not been on campus or in the United States at all in 2020. That student is recovering in their home country. The man behind the wheel of an overturned tanker truck that exploded on I-70 more than two weeks ago has died. Jeffrey Duke Denman was hauling roughly 4,000 gallons of jet fuel when his truck overturned for an unknown reason on the I-70 ramp to 465 on February 20th. 
A spokesperson for Eskenazi Health said Denman passed away yesterday morning. Family members said Denman had burns covering 70 to 80 percent of his body following that explosion. He also had extensive damage to his lungs and other parts of his body. In the forecast from Storm Team 6, we'll see partly cloudy skies this Sunday with a high of 61 degrees. More clouds for Monday with a 20% chance of rain and then a high of 58. Right now, it is 35 degrees in Indy. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to Open Lines. We um, are so happy to have our first guest with us, Ahmed Young, and he is the Chief of External Affairs and General Counsel for IPS. Ahmed, how are you doing this morning? I am excellent. How are you too? We are doing great. You know, we are awake, even though we're doing with <laughs> daylight savings and we lost an hour of sleep, but we are here and excited to be talking with you. Thank you for being available. Wait. We lost an hour. I thought, I thought we gained an hour. No, no, no. So it is right now. no. Uh-uh. It is 8:05, formerly known as 7:05. Yes. <laughs> so no, clearly, you're doing all right. I'm, I'm feeling it too. But no, I know, thank you all for uh, having me on, and look forward to a great conversation. Thank you for for joining us. You know, there's a lot going on in the world, a lot going on with the district, so much to talk about. Um, as we talked about here this morning, coronavirus uh, has now arrived here in. Indiana, and it was not a matter of when. It, it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when, and that when has now come. And so with that comes all of the questions. What happens when it gets to one of the schools? What happens, you know, if it does? How does that work for uh, Indianapolis Public Schools? This is the second largest school district in the state and the largest here in central Indiana. What are you guys planning? Uh, well, thank you for that question. It is something that is top of mind for us as a school corporation, uh, particularly being the largest school corporation in the state right now. It's uh, it's something that's consumed a lot of our time and energy, and uh, we're putting pl- plans in place to make sure that all families and students, st- staff, faculty, anyone connected to the school corporation understands not only our moral obligation to ensure a safe learning environment for our students, but uh, we're part of a larger community, and we, we recognize that role. Um, so uh, individuals can go directly to our myips.org uh, website. There are frequently asked questions, uh, information about uh, identifying symptoms, uh, reporting things to the school corporation, whether it's as uh, it's detailed as you're interested in coming to IPS, but you've been in a particular country that's been identified, to uh, if your family is planning on going on a trip somewhere or they just returned, you know. So uh, we're making sure that there's as much information accessible to families uh, in multiple languages, and we're we're uh, we're prepared, and we have a team in place, and we're coordinating with other school corporations and other entities around the city and state to ensure that not only do we have up to date information, but our plans are in place to address anything if it happens. So what are you guys asking of families who may have traveled or, um, or, or, or just may have a cough, may think they are sick and are not even sure if it's the flu or if it's the coronavirus uh, because it, it's a slippery slope when someone comes back in with that cough or something. Yeah, and the symptoms it, it, are so mild, yeah. so yeah. Use an abundance of caution. Uh, of course, parents uh, have that decision-making uh, autonomy of sorts. But let's think big picture and long term. Uh, if you're exhibiting any potential symptoms, uh, go to a hospital. Uh, of course, we're always encouraging folks to wash their hands diligently at least 20 seconds, all those things. 
but communicate with us via telephone or email and say, hey, we're going to we're, we're exhibiting these particular symptoms. We're going to take these particular steps, and we'll say thank you for that heads up. Continue to uh, follow the advice of your uh, your doctor or the hospital, and uh, we stand to support you all. Indeed. So. Talking about supporting, last week we had on some bus drivers, um, some that were former and retired and a group of others um, to talk about the massive call-offs that happened about a week or so ago um, in the district. And I know that we have a little bit of more time left before the school um, year is over. And what do you want to share with parents to let them know um, just about how the district handled this situation. What are your thoughts on that? And what is the transportation plan moving forward should another massive call-off happen? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack from that one. I wish I uh, would have been able to listen to the uh, conversation last week. I heard a little bit of it uh, second and third hand. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, it is something that we've, we've dedicated a lot of time, energy, and resources to to ensure that our students who choose to use IPS transportation get to school safely and return home safely and can navigate this the city with our partnership with Indigo. Ultimately, uh, we had to make a decision uh, where we had to choose three three different uh, options on the table. Uh, one, we had to choose whether to keep all or bring all uh, IPS transportation in-house. Uh, that comes with some pros and some cons. We also had to uh, choose between uh, shipping it all, outsourcing to one particular vendor, and we also had one other option, which was to continue to split it uh, with uh, our, with IPS transportation and an outside vendor. Uh, we chose the option that would allow us to save uh, not only the most money, but ultimately, ideally, ensure the best service and most secure service and most communicative service to our families and our students, and that was to outsource all transportation through an RFP process with, uh, and ended up with one particular vendor uh, called First Student. So we, we initiated that, that transition with the approval of the Board of School Commissioners in January, and shortly thereafter, uh, we got some pushback from our team members associated with uh, transportation and transportation aides and assistants. And uh, understanding that not only is change extremely difficult and hard, but uh, understanding the further context when it comes to team members that have been with the school corporation for, in some instances, for decades. And uh, knowing that IPS has been their sole employer for so many years and they've built relationships and ties to not only the community, but to families and schools and the like. And uh, so not only do we acknowledge and empathize, but uh, we also have to make uh, decisions that are in the best interest of the entire school corporation. And the decision to uh, build that relationship with first student uh, was something that was deliberative. It was something that will allow us to put money directly back into the classroom and support uh, our long-term goal of ensuring that every single child has the opportunity to achieve and nurture their, their God-given gifts and uh, set them themselves up for uh, either a great career as soon as they get out of uh, high school 
or can step right into a post-secondary education or can choose mm-hmm. to enlist yep. in uh, the armed forces. And that's our ultimate goal. Yeah, and indeed. a component of that is uh, getting to and from school uh, reliably and safely. Yeah. Now, you did mention about, you know, some of the major changes um, that have occurred. And with this being, you know, the largest school district in the city, there are things that have happened and that will continue to happen that are going to be, you know, um, quite different than what people are normally used to. What would you have to say? Because there was a lot of public feedback. Um, we had lots of callers call into the show. Um, there was lots of conversation on social media of people be- being very critical of how the district um, handled this particular set of changes. Um, what do you have to say to the community to help uh instill that trust that IPS is doing um, everything in its power with the best interests of families and students in mind, even though people are, you know, quite critical, you know, of how things have moved forward thus far. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the things I think we're really, really blessed to have is a very thoughtful, uh, engaging, um, open-minded superintendent in Alicia Johnson that not only welcomes, but thrives off of engagement with our families and our students. Um, when we receive positive uh, accolades and, and the like, we, we embrace those things. But even more so, we embrace the constructive criticism and feedback that we get from families, stakeholders, community advocates, naysayers, and across the board. So we internalize that and we take steps back and we reflect on how we got here and how can we ensure that things don't happen that same way again. So we welcome that feedback. We welcome those, uh, those, those that level of insight and we learn from it and we become stronger and better because of it. So um, we'll never want to close off those opportunities to receive that feedback. So I say to the community, bring it on and, and we accept it. And our goal is to learn from it and to learn with you in order to be able to better serve uh, our families, our students, and our community. So thank you for that feedback. Uh, Secondly, I would say that we have a significantly uh, strong and growing team, and we're excited by the talent that we have around us, but we don't rest on our laurels by a long shot. So uh, we've, we've heard the community, we've heard our team members loud and clear, internal and external, and we're going to continue to, to uh, make change in a positive direction with the ultimate goal in mind of serving our students equitably and fairly and consistently across the board in every facet of the work. Ahmed, do you know how many uh, school bus drivers you would need to hire right now to be at full staff capacity on both the IPS driver side and the Durham School Services driver side? Uh, Great question. Um, So my understanding is there's an ideal number of sorts, which is roughly in that 350 range. Um, Last numbers that I've seen range in around 220 or so for Durham. And we currently have about 85-ish for Indianapolis Public Schools. So we're around that 305 range. Um, But as you know, uh, both of you, that uh, across the city, state, and country, uh, drivers in in the public space or in the private space, hard to come by. And there's significant competition. And we're trying to position ourselves to be even more competitive in the market. And uh, we position ourselves over the last couple of years to do so. But uh, it is always a moving target. And we're always recruiting. And we've always been trying to build that team. 
So let me run that one more time. You said you've got 85 drivers who work directly for IPS, and then how many drivers that work for Durham? Approximately 220 for Durham and approximately 80 to 85 for Indianapolis Public Schools. So that's 305, and you need how many drivers to be full staff? In an ideal setting, approximately 350. 350. So you're about, uh, let's say you're 50 drivers short, give or take. Um, is that, that seems to be also part of the problem with these call-outs. It's not that you just had 95 drivers that took the day off for whatever reason, but you're also short 50 school bus drivers. So I've talked to a number of, of current IPS school bus drivers and then bounced that off the realities of other districts, talking to other transportation directors in the city of similar sized districts. And of course, the, the problem with school bus drivers the shortage is, is universal, um, but they all have said that uh, we're all closer to having a day where we are, are sh- short, you know, can't do all of our routes than the public thinks. And so it just seems that, that talking to everyone that that problem that you had on Friday was not just drivers calling out that day. It was also a severe shortage of bus drivers. Is that is that fair? It's, it's very fair. So you have one issue that is that we've been working to. Uh, address over the last several years, and then you compound that with the um, disruption caused by some team members. Um, so you compound those two issues, and you end up with the situation that we had on Friday. And uh, it's it's tough, but ultimately we were we were able to keep school open. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough uh, bus drivers to get all of our students to and from, but. Um, goal is to make sure this never happens again. Now, again, I, I, I promise you, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, but I have gotten calls from IPS and Durham bus drivers every day this week. I don't know how everybody's finding my cell phone number, <laughs> but they have called. Can I get that number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have asked, um, They one asked me to, to run that math and then asked this next question. When these drivers uh, are getting it done every other day, it's because they are doing double the work. So you, like we said, we're short uh, 50 drivers-ish, and then you had 95 who called out. Well, though 95 is saying, on a regular day, I do my two assigned routes, and then I go pick up at least one more route, if not two more routes, and I don't get double the pay. So the operation has been running because these drivers are going above and beyond their job, and I know that that is a thing because I have a background in transportation. I've been a school bus driver, never for IPS, but I know when I drove a school bus in Arizona, I had my three assigned, no, scratch that, my four assigned bus routes to do in an afternoon. And because we were so, so short on drivers, I would go and do an entire another route. So there was one day I ran uh, five routes. No, I ran six routes, four of my own, two of someone else's. And I didn't get paid double for that. So I know that's the same reality happening in uh, for these IPS drivers, and that's why so many of them have called me and said, we are hurt by the IPS superintendent calling us rogue, calling the day a travesty, when on any given day, I'm doing my job and one other person's, if not another person's on top of running middays, on top of running field trips. So they've told me this week morale is extremely low because we've got 50 days left of school. These drivers want to use their sick time. They're tired. They're working hard. And they don't feel supported. That's what I have heard numerous times 
this week? How can the district respond to these drivers who you need for the rest of the year, who we know who are working hard, who are working double, but don't feel appreciated now? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's that's a tough one, Cameron, and, and I appreciate uh, the sentiment expressed by our team members. Uh, one thing, um, it's really, really important to know that on an everyday basis, we need to make sure that we're acknowledging the importance that every single team member, uh, whether it's in transportation, in the classroom, special education assistants, custodians, you name it, are playing a critical role in the education of our children. And we can't short shrift and we can't denigrate the work that people dedicate uh, to our ser- to the service of our children. So that's that's where we have to start. Well, has um, there has there been and, any? And, and, and let me let me let me because I'm going to get to your your your, your question. Um, so when it comes specifically to um, our bus drivers, um, they work their tails off. You know, uh, I, I've been to the bases before before this 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 came up. And um, I'm going to visit again, and I thank bus drivers, the superintendents, thank bus drivers, and the entire operation with, that that comes to work every single day to serve students. Uh, they they play a very important role, and we need them uh, not only up to the end of the school year, but moving forward. And that's the perspective that we have to have. It's not just oh, we just have to get through the end of the school year. No, it's how do we get through this school year plan over, over the course of the summer, get students to and from school for summer school, and then launch into the 2021 school year. So this is a all-year operation that takes a lot of time, energy, and uh, blood, sweat, and tears. And uh, the, the team members that chose to uh, call off good, bad, or indifferent uh, last week and parts of this week, we need to make sure that we're in in communication with those team members, that we not only hear them, but uh, we act accordingly when it comes to making those team members feel even more valued and la- know, over the course. Go ahead. And la- last question, because I, I got to let you go here in a sec. But what is being done on the district's end? What is the school district doing? Um, have, have they, and I'm not talking about having conversations with the union, has anyone from the administration asked one of these bus drivers face to face, not, you know, hey, you're in trouble, but just pulled somebody aside, met them at school, say, hey, let's just talk district employee to district employee, because our checks say the same thing when they come on that yeah. Friday. They say Indianapolis Public Schools or in some cases during school services. But what can we do uh, to get through the end of the school year? Has there been any movement um, with making sure that these call-outs don't happen again because it's inevitable yeah. that people are going to call off because they have the time to. The Friday before yeah. spring break is going to be rough. It's like that at every school district because the teachers leave at 3 o'clock, the students are at home, the bus drivers don't get to start their vacation until 5 or 6. So that's going to be a rough day no matter what yeah. district it is. So what yeah, is I, being I, done? I can't speak to every single member of the IPS family, but I can speak for myself. I've made overtures. I'm confident the superintendent has made overtures uh, and other team members have made overtures and attempts to uh, connect with and speak to uh, individual team members outside of uh, the the formal union of sorts. Uh, So those overtures have been made, and we're going to continue to have conversations personally, one-on-one and in group settings, with team members across the board. Uh, the goal, and, and it goes back right back to the very beginning uh, about what I said as it relates to how do we engage 
um, uh, our team members? How do we engage and connect with our families? Uh, it can't just be a one-sided uh, thing. It has to be reciprocal, and it has to be give and take. And it has to be, yes, I'm going to call you. Call me back if you if you, you see my number or you see my voicemail. So those overtures have been made, and we're going to continue to engage uh, the union. We're going to continue to engage all of our team members to ensure that we do have a, a smooth last eight weeks of the school year, eight and, a, eight and a half, nine weeks of the school year, and make sure that we can plan accordingly for the 2021 school year. Yeah, what's I really, it, really yes. mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, what's what's really really exciting is the fact that uh, I am extremely confident in in not only the 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 structures that we have in place, but I'm I'm confident in in the people and their dedication to executing on this mission of serving our kids. And uh, one of the things that I can truly empathize with is the the the, the plight and the challenges of living check to check. You know, my 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 parents. Uh, uh, particularly, my father was a postal worker, you mm-hmm. know, and the, you you wake up at the crack of dawn and you're 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 working your shift, you know. Absolutely. And same thing as, as our bus drivers wake up extremely early, work extremely hard to provide a service, and sometimes you don't feel uh, feel the love, but Indeed. we we love and value our our our, our team members. And we're going to continue to find ways to express that. For sure. Ahmed, thank you so much for your time and for being on this show. Um, we know that IPS has some uh, spring town hall meetings coming up. And we'll be able to hopefully have uh, Alicia or yourself or somebody come on soon to talk about all that. But thank you again for your time. No, thank you all. You all have a great day. You too. All right, Ahmed. Right. We appreciate you so much. All right, IPS on the show with us this morning following our interview last week with the uh, bus drivers of Indianapolis Public Schools. Ebony, yeah. uh, how about we go ahead and open the phone lines up? Huh? Yes, we are going to open up the phone lines. So we want you all to call in and share with us what's on your mind. The number is 317-239-9696. No matter what station you're listening on, the phone number is 317-239-9696. Give us a call and we have much more show coming up. You're listening to Open Lines. This is the Open Line Show. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on High 96.3. Didn't catch the morning hustle. We need to turn this up. Here's what you missed. So how does it feel to be back among the free? <laughs> it feels great to be free. You know, the popo always trying to hold us down. Always. You know, it's us against them sometimes. But they free. Free at last is all I got to say. And it wasn't looking good for love. We say, love, how many cars behind you? It's two. Uh-oh. Yeah, no. <laughs> at first when it was one, I was like, all right. And I seen the second one pull up and he was white. I was like, uh, oh, no. And then they, I said, they came up and double tap the window. Hang tight. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, so, so just as a show of hands, who in this room has not been arrested? I haven't, actually. Wait, what? <laughs> the, only, the only people who are not black men in here. <laughs> Been detained. No, I've been detained. It's different. Though. But I've never, never been arrested. We never had to dress out. I got the jumpsuit. When yeah. they give you the mandatory shower, that lets you know you're gonna be there for a while. The morning hustle is coming Monday morning at 6 a.m. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, on Hot 96.3. Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's open lines on Hot 96.3. One of the keys to combating hunger is knowledge. Food and assistance are readily available. But if people who need help don't know where to find it, those resources aren't doing any good. Knowing where to turn is critical. 
Community Compass is a free, quick, and easy app that will show people where they can find food assistance in Marion County. If you have a smartphone, you can download Community Compass and immediately start finding free meal locations and free groceries in Marion County. Use Shelly, the chat assistant, to find out if you're eligible for programs like WIC and SNAP and see free food-related events in your area. Don't have a smartphone? No worries. There's an option for other mobile phone users as well. Just text HI to 317-434-3758 for assistance. Hunger is hard. Now finding food is easy with Community Compass. Visit IndieHunger.org compass for more information on getting the assistance you need for free. Yo, it's B. Swift here for WeFixMoney.com. If you need cash fast, you need WeFixMoney.com. WeFixMoney.com can help you get up to $2,500 deposited directly in your bank account, sometimes the same day. Submit your information at WeFixMoney.com in the morning, and you can see the cash arrive in your bank account by 5 p.m. If you need emergency cash for bills, child care, auto repair, or anything else, go to WeFixMoney.com. WeFixMoney.com knows your emergency cash needs can't wait wefixmoney.com is free to use and available 24 7 wefixmoney.com has been helping customers just like you for over 10 years wefixmoney.com respects your privacy and has an a rating with the better business bureau so for emergency cash needs go to the site you can trust wefixmoney.com that's wefixmoney.com see website for details terms and conditions may apply message and data rates may apply do you want to learn how to get started making money flipping houses right here in Indianapolis? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll be introduced to our three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Than Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Indianapolis area who want to learn how to get started making money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Indianapolis is a perfect market for my system, and next week I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where we'll share how to get started making money flipping houses and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's workshop, text your five-digit zip code to 82000. Seating is extremely limited, so text your five-digit zip code to 82000. Text in the next 10 minutes, and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals guide. Just text your zip code to 82000. At my age, it is about the quality of life. Before I had my surgery on my shoulder, it was very painful. Eskenazi Health gave me my life back. I really believe that they genuinely care about me. At Eskenazi Health Orthopedics, our expertise is unrivaled and our compassion is genuine. Learn more at EskenaziHealth.edu. I am more than my stiff joints. I am Beverly. Tax time blowout at American Freight. Over 30 dinette sets from $98. Two mattress sets any size from $298. Seven-piece living room packages from $398. Eight-piece queen-size bedroom suits that include the mattress set from only $398. Take it home today for $50. No payments for 60 days. Go to AmericanFreight.com slash 50 for details. Free layaway till tax time. Same-day delivery ends March 31st. Hurry into one of our five Indianapolis stores. We looked everywhere for her engagement ring. We looked online. We went to the mall. We just weren't seeing a lot of variety. We spent months looking. It was exhausting. Then we went to Shane Company. They had the largest selection, and I was able to bring my vision to life. 
At Shane Company, build your dream ring in three easy steps. First, select an engagement ring style you love. We have thousands of exclusive designs in every price range. Second, pick a diamond, ruby, or sapphire for your center stone. Each stone is natural and ethically sourced by us. No other jeweler has the variety of stone shapes and sizes we have. Finally, add your own touch with a decorative head, an engraving, or a matching wedding band. Build your dream ring and still get the best value in town. I love my ring, and I can't stop staring at it. Now you have a friend in the diamond business, Shane Company and ShaneCo.com. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. Hi, this is Oshia Boyd, editor of the Indianapolis Recorder newspaper and Indiana Minority Business Magazine. You're listening to Open Lines with Ebony Chappelle and Cameron Riddle. And good morning, Indianapolis. We are back live here in studio. We want to thank IPS for calling into the show this morning. Uh, a lot that we had to talk to them about from coronavirus to the ongoing uh, situation with the bus driver shortage and how the rest of the school year is going to play out. Uh, Ebony, good conversation with them. Excellent conversation. So we want to say thank you again to Ahmed Young, who is um, their general counsel and chief of external affairs. We know that IPS is having some spring town hall meetings. Those are scheduled for April 7th through the 15th throughout the district. And when we find out more information on exact um, times and locations, we will share that with you as well. But it's important as parents and as caregivers and just general people in the community that care about what's happening with our kids to be engaged in these conversations like you know president obama said don't boo vote same thing comes with the school district Mm. you cannot boo and complain and other words that i can't say on the air if you are not engaged and paying attention to what's going on and they are in the room where you can speak to the powers that be and let them know directly what's on your mind so Stay engaged with that. So speaking of engagement, we uh, opened the phone lines up before we went to commercial break to invite you to join that conversation on IPS before we turn the page and go to Shauna Majors. She's standing by on our uh, open lines, live line. Shauna, we're going to get to her in just a second, so stand by. But we did get some callers over the break. Excellent. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines right now. Let's see who's on line one. Uh, Caller, good morning. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, this is Larry Vaughn. Good morning, hey, Larry. There's a simple solution to this bus deal. Now, I've talked to several drivers, right? They need What they need to do, Ahmed was talking about how much he cherishes those drivers, how much they work and are underpaid. Well, since they only have this eight weeks left on their contract, what they should do right now, since they're saving $10 million, they need to give each one of those drivers right now the last payment of $2,000 per week. Now, they get 2000 per week if they're obedient and they come in, right, per week. And that's paid in advance. So that when they end this contract, they won't be left out there on a limb waiting to find out where their next meal is coming from like they want them to be. So when they go on to this next contract, they'll be desperate. So what they need to do, over 200 bus drivers, need to uh, say that they're not going in Monday, 
and just not go in until that is negotiated and the school board votes on it. They're the commissioners. Liz and them are on the board. Those uh, well-meaning uh, uh, board members, Mike O'Connor, need to vote to give this issue, uh, this money to these bus drivers for the continuance of their contract, and then uh, we can renegotiate some other at some other time. I'd advise the union members to back that plan, and uh, they will get the money, definitely. All Thank right. You. All right. Larry Vaughn. We who, can always count on Larry. Yeah. Larry, who uh, we can go ahead and just give him the title City County Counselor of Radio. Yes, indeed. Uh, because he's always putting his pitch out there and IPS is listening this morning. So uh, maybe they'll take that under advisement. Larry, thank you. If you want to join uh, Larry and hit the live line this morning, you can do so right now. Three one seven two three nine nine six nine six two three. Two, Lord have mercy. Daylight savings. 317-239-9696-239-9696. As I mentioned a moment ago, we have Shauna Major standing by on our uh, live line. She is the director of community violence for uh, the city of Indianapolis. Uh, And Ebony, she joins us live this morning on the phone. Good morning, Shauna. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Daylight savings time got me tripped up a little bit, but I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're good. good. We're good. All the <laughs> clocks in the studio are still wrong because one says 837 and the one over here says 740. I don't even know how that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot going on right now, sis. So, you know, we're going to work it out. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, well, thank yeah. you both for having me on this morning. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Shauna, we know that you do a lot here in the city um, to help reduce some of the violent crime that we've experienced. And I just want to have you start out by bringing us and our listeners up to speed about what the homicide rate is looking like right now in the city of Indianapolis. Okay. Um, right now, I am actually pulling up so I don't give you the wrong information. Um, We are ahead of where we were this time last year for Mm. sure. January and February were just incredibly um, off the hook. Um, Right now we are at 36 for the year. Okay. And this time last year we were at 21. Wow. wow, that is quite a jump. That is quite a jump. And you mentioned about how January and February were just so extremely challenging for our city. Um, you yourself are a survivor of gun violence as a young person. Um, and one of I think we all of these 36 cases and this is something that um, is really important for me to highlight on the air is that it's it's not about this person was you know murder number 36 in the city or 35 in the city like these individuals these people they had lives and they had stories that go far beyond you know this particular situation and the impact that it has on entire communities when we lose just one person you know it's just innumerable Um, One of the things, though, that I think really rocked the city was that quadruple homicide that happened on the east side. Um, And it was just, you know, so, so heartbreaking. And then we also had the two, uh, the brother and the sister on the east side that lost their lives. And then the mother of one of the people that was involved actually came forward to turn in her son. And you were um, 
you know, showcased on the news talking about that situation. What can you let people know right now about what your um, department is doing to help make sure that we don't see these kind of stories anymore, that we start to lessen the number of these tragedies that are happening? So um, it's it's been really difficult um, for us as well. Um, I think we had a grief counseling group out on the far east side after the quadruple murder just for people to come in and have some grief counselors on standby. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of people that showed up were service providers because I think we forget about ourselves mm. that sitting and dealing with all of this tragedy day in and day out is, is tough for us too. Um, so we've been working with the families and just trying to help people move forward, find justice, whatever that looks like. Um, we went to court with the mother of the two um, brother and sister that were slain last year. Um, and it was difficult to watch because um, you have one mother without her children and another mother sitting next to her son as he's going through this court system. And it, I, I have to take my hat off to that mother because it had to be a horribly difficult decision for her to encourage her son to turn himself in. That, that, that was huge. But she's also making him stand up for his actions and be accountable. And so that, that should be commended as well. Two three nine nine six nine six two three nine nine six nine six. If you want to get in on this conversation, you have a question for Shauna. If you if there is something that uh, you want to bring to her attention that is happening in your neighborhood, you can do so right now here on the air three one seven two three nine nine six nine six. The phone lines are open as we talk about uh, the continuing violence that is happening here in the city of Indianapolis. Again, a two three nine nine six nine six to get on the live line right now. Yeah. And then Shauna, um, just want to have you um, jump back into that about, you know, just what it takes as as parents and as caregivers and other adults in the community to encourage our young people to stand up, you know, especially if they are one of the perpetuators uh, of the violence that's happening. Yeah, I think I think that um, most a lot of our youth and well, people in general that that commit homicide, it's a, it's a crime of passion. And so I don't think they've thoroughly thought past that moment to the consequences um, of their actions and what that means for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, my team and I, they, they've been in schools talking to kids about um, anti-gun violence, um, anti-bullying, and teen dating violence to try to start having these meaningful conversations with a lot of our youth that are in high schools and middle school and even elementary schools. Um, I think that parents have to be more involved. I think they need to be more nosy in their kids' lives. I feel like we have created an environment where our kids can be autonomous to do whatever it is that they want to do um, just so that we keep them happy because we don't want them to have the same upbringing we had or we mm-hmm. don't want them to have the spankings that we had or whatever that looks like. And and sometimes you have parents that were parents, became parents young, and have now that the kids are a certain age have decided to pick up where they left off, so to speak. So it's not one thing I can say other than please get involved. Um I loved your message when you talked about people getting involved and showing up for these 
um, town hall meetings and city council meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, Be involved in your community. Go to your neighborhood associations. Go to your PTA meetings for your schools. Find out what your kids are doing. Uh, Don't be their friend. Be their parent. Hold them accountable. Set boundaries. Um, Kids actually, believe it or not, want discipline in their life. They don't want to just be unruly um, and, and build solid relationships, build yourself a village for you and your, your family. I think it's important. Yeah. And, and I do want to, um, be careful to, you know, because we do care about our young people and we want to make sure that they are able to access all of the promise, you know, that is available to them and, you know, inside of them. But uh, they're not the ones that are, by and large, committing, you know, some of this violence that's happening in the city. Um, This is happening, you know, across the board. And I know that earlier this week, there was a um, an initiative that the city council um, voted on and approved. And I wanted to definitely get your thoughts on this. Um, There's a story in this week's Indianapolis Recorder about it. But basically, um, the council's Public Safety and Criminal Justice Committee approved a six month project where they're going to look at what they're um, calling HUMS, H-U-M-S, and that acronym stands for High Utilizers of Multiple Systems, um, to look at people that are disproportionately accessing public safety um, tools to try to identify if this is somebody that really needs to be put into um, mental health um, services or if they need something else outside of engaging with criminal justice Um, and just wanted to get your thoughts on um, the potential of the city using this as a tool to address some of those underlying causes of violence. Um, I think I think it's a um, a great tool to add to the work that's being done mm-hmm. because sometimes we don't see the the way people are connected or things are connected, and so I think if we could further see that or see a pattern, that would help with the intervention piece of what of the work that we do um, as a, as the city. So um, having that addition to what we're already doing, I think is going to help tremendously. I hope it does, because a lot of times people are committing these um, acts out of some type of a need. I know that lately, on uh, the last couple of months, we've seen a lot of interpersonal relationships in the middle of, of this violence. Mm-hmm. It's not... You know, if you look back in the 90s, it was gang-related, but uh-huh. now it's not so much street violence. It, it's interpersonal. It's family members. It's it's friends fighting over, you know, different things. And so we have um, created a culture of no impulse control and um, people, you know, just taking things out on people right away instead of thinking everything through and what those consequences should be. So I think that the more tools and the more hands we have on deck to try to um, intervene with the violence happening in our city is, is going to be great for all of us. Shauna, I did a sit down and I know you did one on another TV station, but I did a forum with young black males here in Indianapolis. One of them wants to be a, a pharmacist. Another wants to be a civil rights leader. Another one wants to be um, a, an athlete and an engineer. Um, and so I asked them, hey, what do you guys need? What do you guys um, if you could talk to city leaders, what would you ask them to give you so that you can be successful and reach those dreams? 
and they told us uh, more um, community programs. And, and I'm talking not just, as they said, not just people who come to school and they talk to us, but outside of that, like they want more consistent involvement from um programs that will provide mentorship to those students. And uh, one one of them said, you know, there are no programs that uh, mentor you to be an engineer. Um, they want more things like that that will help them get there. Is there anything that the city has talked about in in that realm of providing more of those kind of services? Yeah, so I, I we have a lot of uh, youth mentoring programs in the city, and I think about getting the information out to where where they are and who they are, and um, that's part of that village building I was talking about earlier. Um, I know that there are some um, people that I've met here recently that are itching to get kids involved with STEM or um, you know those type of activities and connect them with. Um, the new wave of what's coming out, like the technology and the IT and all of that type of stuff. Um, so they are out there. I think that it's just important that, you know, we locate where they are and help spread the word about where they are and what they do um, so that kids and their parents know more about that. Um, I know that we're, there's going to be a uh, youth resource fair with um Congressman Andre Carson. Yeah, we had him on the show last week to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have to keep having events like that so that kids and their parents can come out and learn about all of these opportunities um, to get them more involved in. We also uh, did Safe Summer last year, and we're going to do it again this year. Excellent. Where we have partnered with Indy Parks, and we have three parks that will extend their hours on Friday nights to up to about 11 o'clock. And that will allow space for kids to come in from those neighborhoods and either, you know, we had reading summer reading clubs last year, uh, movie nights, open mic nights, open gym, kickball, dodgeball, basketball. So, it, you know, painting, trap and paint nights. So it, there, there, there are nuggets. We just have to figure out, and I think that's a weak link of how to connect the kids to those programs, mm-hmm. um, especially the kids that really, really need it, that that are, you know, in need of a good mentor mm-hmm. because for one reason or another, maybe a parent isn't around or they don't have a strong um, guardianship or a role model to look up to that's positive. So I think we just have to stay on that track and make all of these programs more available and more known. Absolutely. All right, Shauna Majors, thank you so much for calling us this morning on the Open Lines Live Line. We appreciate you so much, and uh, good luck with all of the work that you continue to do to reduce the violence here in the city. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. All you right, too. you as well. With uh, just a couple of minutes left here on the show, callers, we are open lines for the next uh, three minutes or so. Uh, if you have something that you want to say, get off your chest. You can call into the live line right now, uh, 317-239-9696, and you can be one of uh, our last voices here on the show of the day. Ebony, as we get ready uh, to close out, I want to remind folks that uh, Radio One is still working hard with the St. Jude Radiothon. We thank you for the uh, large amounts of you who called in uh, this week 
uh, to help support the families of St. Jude. Uh, but the, our work is not done. We need more people yes. to call in today. Yeah, we do need more people to call in. So there is so much that um, St. Jude does. If you listen to the Radiothon over the week, um, you understood that this is a place where um, young people who are suffering from different forms of cancer and other you know, debilitating childhood Ill- illnesses can go and their family doesn't pay a dime. So if you are interested in becoming a partner and hope like so many other people in our community have already done you can give a call to 1-800-411-9898 once again that phone number is 1-800-411-9898 looks like we got a caller cam we do have a caller on line one good morning you got 30 seconds uh, uh i just want to say that uh my son uh was a victim of uh gun violence he was shot three times and i'm in recovery at my one of my sponsors his son got killed at the same time wow. in a different incident but the reality is, is that we need to get people that have experience that have been part of the, the violence that have made it through to be a part of the, the, the uh, healing process. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of times we have talking heads for people that have not personally experienced those mm. tragedies. That's me, real. myself, I, I, I had a friend that gave me a gun to shoot somebody in a fist fight. And due to the grace of God, I pulled the trigger and the gun fell apart. So wow. I didn't kill John uh-huh. Dukes, right? But the reality is that I thought that was my friend giving me a gun. Mm. And sometimes we think our friends are friends and people that are trying to get you to hurt someone uh, for knowing. uh, And we're in a fist fight. That's not a friend. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. And you make a a great day. Thank you. You You make a compelling point, Ebony, as we have one minute left here in the show. Um, And and it is uh, important to point out to that caller's point that is, you know, someone who's doing that needs to know what it's like to be in that shows. And I know you mentioned Uh Shauna knows that firsthand. And our new chief of police, Randall Taylor, knows that as well. Exactly. Uh, His father-in-law was murdered uh, years ago. So he knows what it's like to be in that spot. But as you would imagine, I'm sure there are people throughout the rank and file there who who cannot relate. So he makes Absolutely. a compelling point on that. Yeah, we do need those type of voices to be um, at the forefront and to speak to, you know, why our community is facing the type of things that it's facing. So I agree. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Open Line Show. It is. So you all be sure to connect with us on social. We are Open Line Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also listen to past episodes of the show on SoundCloud and the iTunes podcast app by looking up Open Line Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in, for listening, for calling, and supporting the show. I'm Ebony Chappelle. And I'm Cameron Riddle. I will see you tomorrow on RTV6 for the news. But for now, that's going to do it. This has been The Open Line Show. Peace. Peace.